Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, I ask you to turn to Luke chapter 12, and we are going to pick up on a message that we started last week. And uh, I just want to say it's been a, an amazing week from la- uh, last Sunday to today. Uh, it's just an amazing thing. Uh, we saw God move in great ways. And, uh, man, last Sunday night was such a special service. Um, I, I could barely get through it. Uh, but praise God, it was, it was just a, uh, just a sweet uh, move of God, sweet spirit in this place. And I think it's just continued on. Um, this morning we had, I think, a record number of people in the new members class. Uh, we were having to pull chairs from everywhere and try to squeeze them around a little table there in my office. So, amen. Praise God. Um, just a, a, a neat time in our, in our church. So, I, I'm excited to see God continue to work. And um, it's, it's, it's a neat deal. But last week, we started in this message and got point one from verses 35 and 36. So, if you want to look there, uh, we'll just kind of re- remind ourselves of where we were. If you weren't here, then this is what we covered. Let your loins be girt about. And your lights burning, and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Point number one was, and it's there filled out in your notes already, is that our lives are to be lived in perpetual preparedness. Now, that's preparedness for the Lord's return. Um, The first church, the apostolic church, that's what they were looking for, and we'll see some of that this morning, especially in Paul's writings, uh, a couple of those that we'll look at. Um, but uh, Alexander McLaren said this about it. They said the apostolic church thought more about the second coming of Jesus than about death and heaven. The early Christians were looking not for a cleft in the ground uh, called a grave, but for a cleavage in the sky called glory. So it's so important for us to understand this is what we have to look forward to as well. Our Lord, uh, the one we follow, the one that gave his life for us, we are supposed to be following him and his command of us was very clear more than once to be living our lives in a state of readiness perpetual preparedness and the challenge last week was in that regard the question was this do we live in a state of readiness for his return every day we get up every day we live our lives and are they looking forward to are they anticipation of his return to this earth to come back and get us or are we more enamored with and or maybe infatuated with fixated on whatever word you want to use this temporal intoxication that the treasure and the pleasure of this world has to, to, to bring us. Again, it's very temporal, and it, and it does. It becomes intoxicating. We can become fixated on it. Um, all those things we see in the world, we experience in the world, and we become pursuing those things uh, versus being constantly ready for the Lord's return. Um, and again, it's a very clear command. Let your loins be girded and lights burning. So are we living as such? Is that how our lives are living? And, you know, we look at around the American church today and, uh, or American Christians, and we need to learn. We need to make sure that we learn the valuable lessons uh, that Scripture gives us, that the early church gives us. Um, if we look at this, we see in the first church it was birth in affliction. Jesus Christ came in a time uh, that Herod was on a tear, and the Jews were under persecution uh, well, uh, under persecution, they were under the authority of the Roman government. It wasn't a, tip, a, a, a totally ideal time. The church was birthed in affliction. Again, Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, 
gave his church the commission, and the Roman authorities were looking to stamp out him and all of his, all of his uh, followers for, for centuries to come. Um, and again, still today, uh, that's what the enemy is still trying to do. But notice also, if we look at back at that first church, uh, that first church, their response in the beginning provides, I believe, a spiritual roadmap for us at the end of the church age. And again, Paul was looking for uh, the coming of the Lord, telling his, uh, his readers, the Holy Spirit inspired him to write, to be prepared for the coming of the Lord, to be looking for that day. And again, so we see this challenge in Scripture. Don't be looking for the grave. Don't, don't even be thinking uh, about heaven. And you say, well, that, but that's what we're supposed to be looking for. Listen, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Um, and our looking forward needs to be this, looking forward to seeing our Lord. And this is, this is something that, and in, in maybe our fleshly, uh, maybe our, our, our sensual, our flesh, fleshly minds uh, that we get messed up on is, is uh, we look at the affliction here, and while there are the promises to come, the, the mansions over the hilltop, the, the places that God, the, that he's preparing for us now, that's all a part of the amazing promises that God's going to fulfill one day for us who believe. Absolutely. But the greatest thing that we should be looking for, the most important thing, that, what it's all about, what every single one of us should be pumped up about, what every single one of us should live every day for, is seeing our Lord. Not seeing that mansion, not seeing, the, I mean, the, the streets of gold and, and, and all the things that are going to be there are going to be amazing. There should be nothing that stirs us, that should, should cause us to live in this perpetual state of readiness more than seeing our Lord for the first time and for all of eternity. And again, the closer that we get with him, the more intimate relationship we have with him, the more that intensifies, the more we have with that. And uh, I, I hope that's what you and I are doing every day, drawing closer to God, becoming more and more intimate with him so that our lives are consumed, that we are, we are fixated on him, that we are absolutely looking forward to uh, his return and our seeing of him. So I want to move forward this morning. We're going to pick up in ch uh, chapter 12, verse 37, uh, but I want to pray before we do that. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time again. Thank you so much for allowing us to be here and uh, what we've already experienced, the sweet spirit of, of worship and um, just togetherness that we have. And we know that our fellowship together uh, is only because of our fellowship with you. And so, um, Lord, we, we thank you for that. We thank you for uh, blessing Trinity Baptist Temple and, and for what we've seen you do um, just even here recently. And we worship you and we praise you and, and, and you get all the praise and the glory from all of that. Lord, just teach us and, and keep reminding us that it's a matter of us yielding to you, staying constantly submitted to you and obedient to your path, uh, to your word. And as long as we do that, God, you fulfill everything that you promised, and that is adding to your kingdom, blessing our lives, and guiding us in our steps. And so, Lord, we ask that you would continue to do that, not only right now, but in, 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 in whatever days we have left on this earth. Help us to remember the message today, uh, that we are to be constantly living our lives in this way as we anticipate your return. And it's coming, and, and our desire is for it to come soon, to come quickly. Uh, we want to see you, Lord. You, you came to this earth uh, with a love that we can't even imagine, and you laid down your life in a fashion that our minds can't comprehend uh, because of us. You loved us that much. God, help us to love you with all of our beings. And help us to anticipate, again, seeing you and being with you uh, for the rest of our lives. Um, and so, God, we ask you to bless now. We ask you to take this, this word, this message, 
and pierce every single one of our hearts with it. And I pray that we would respond in the right way, a way that brings you glory and that accomplishes your will. And if there's somebody here, God, that doesn't have that relationship with you, they're not walking with you on a daily basis, they've never surrendered their life to you, maybe they don't realize what you've done for them to pay for their sin, to, to wipe away every sin they've ever committed, to give them eternal life. Maybe there's someone here like that. I pray before they leave this place, they would walk out of here a different person, having ex accepted uh, Jesus as their Lord and Savior and received the free gift of eternal life. Um, Lord, just please move in that way, and we'll praise you for all, all these things. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So back in our text, verse 37, it, let's just pick up. It says, Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say, or truly, uh, this is the truth. He says, I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. Again, here we see a very clear promise. We see a command. Now we're seeing a very clear promise. The servants that the Lord comes and finds awake at his return will be those that are blessed and rewarded. Again, if you're, if you're, if you're thinking um, in, in right terms in our lives, and someone gives you the option, you've heard me say this before, of being blessed of God or not being blessed of God, being rewarded by God uh, or not being rewarded by God with good things, there's no, there's no question what I would choose. There's no question what you would choose. If someone said, hey, you want God to bless you or not bless you? Every single one of us in here would say, I want God to bless me. Very clearly. I mean, it, you would be foolish to say, no, I don't need God's blessings. Now, that, that just doesn't make any sense um, unless you don't believe there's a God. But this right here, this verse, brings to surface, I believe, a very major problem. And that is the problem of spiritual slumber. Spiritual slumber. And I think we can see two options of who this group is that he's talking about, these two groups uh, that he's talking about. First of all, we could say, well, the ones that are awake, the ones that are alive, the ones that are in the light, not asleep, those are the ones that are truly God's versus those who are truly not who are dead, who are lost, who are in darkness. Those, that's the option number one. Option number two is these are two categories of the Lord's people. Uh, there are those who, the, that are gods that are spiritually awake, they're spiritually in tune, they're sleeplessly, tirelessly awaiting, and not only awaiting, but serving, prepared for the Master's promised return. And then the second group of God's people would be those who are gods, but they are spiritually asleep, spiritually slumbering, they are not awaiting. They're not serving. They're not living their lives in anticipation for the master's promised return. But here's the reality. Regardless of the two options, regardless of where you say, well, I think it's this, I think it's that, uh, regardless, there's only one option with promised blessing. The option with promised blessing are those who are spiritually awake, those who are spiritually in tune, sleeplessly, tirelessly awaiting and serving as they are prepared for the master's promised return. That's the only group that has a promise of blessing when he returns, period. Now, I believe it was option number one, and, and I'll show you why in just a second in Scripture, not my opinion, but in Scripture, uh, that it's option number one, that those who are awake, those who are in tune, those who are tirelessly uh, awaiting and serving the Lord of his promised return are his, and then there are those who are asleep in darkness, lost, who are not his. We'll see that in just a second why uh, I believe that's true. But again, if there's only one blessed group, if there's only one option of being blessed by God Almighty, what is then the option for the others? Say not blessed, of course, but I think it's, 
it's worse than that. I think it is not just not blessed, it's eternally terrible. The option of being blessed of God uh, is counter, you know, counter, the counter option is eternally terrible. Um, and I want to reiterate, this, this option of blessing comes with only those who are sleepless and awake and serving, alert and ready and, 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 and again, doing this for the master as they await his return. But he goes on in verse 38 and he says this, And if he shall come in the second watch or in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know, that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would have come, he would have watched, he would have stayed awake. He wouldn't have fallen asleep, he would have stayed alert and awake and had not suffered his house to be broken through. So look what he says to his disciples then. This is a simple analogy. If you're, if you're in your house and you knew the, uh, the caretaker, the watcher, the, 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 the person in charge of uh, the house knew that there was a thief coming and the thief was going to come in at a certain time, then he would have stayed awake. If you and I know that somebody's going to break into our house at 2 in the morning, there's no doubt about it. I know I would. I'm, I'm going to be uh, alert and awake. Um, I, I would... I want to say I would be responsible and call the authorities. That's what I'll do. I'm not going to say anything else. If I, if I knew that somebody was going to break in at two, I would call the authorities. Some of you would be like, uh-uh. <laughs> That's what I would do. No, I know. Call the authorities. Call the authorities. Um, but again, in, in logic, it is. In, in reality, it's, it's, that's the truth. We know someone's going to break in at a certain time. We would be ready. And so that's what he's saying. You're my servants. You need to always be ready because you don't know when the Lord is returning. So you need to be always ready, always alert, always spiritually awake. Um, and so he says in verse 40, be ye therefore ready also. Just like someone who is always ready, always awake, always alert, waiting for uh, this, this time to come. For the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. Very important. Be ready also. Just as someone who's waiting, uh, who would wait for a thief to come at an imminent time. So this brings to point number two. Uh, and this is our looking is to be with sleepless service. Our, our looking is to be with sleepless service. Our lives are to be lived in perpetual preparedness, and our looking is to be with sleepless service. We have to remember that our watching doesn't mean sitting. So in other words, we shared this a little bit last week, you don't sit on the front porch just looking at the sky, waiting for the Lord to return. That's not what he's talking about. Um, you don't sit around and do nothing as a child of God, saying, well, I just don't want to mess up. I don't want to necessarily give my all. I don't want to mess up because, uh, no, no, that's not what it's about. We have to, to make sure we understand what he's saying, what, what this means. What is, what is he saying to us? What does this mean for us in our lives? It doesn't mean doing the minimum. I know that. And so as long as I can just skate by with God, I'll be okay. No, that's not the promise. That's not the promise of blessing. Um, again, it's not about doing the minimum. It means this. It means giving our all for the call of the master until he returns, until he says, that's it. No more. Until he returns, we have to be giving our all. We just went to the, uh, to, to the nation's capital, and because we missed our, or we couldn't fly out on Friday, we, one of the, 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 the first places that I said that I want to go that we hadn't had time to go was Arlington National Cemetery. And um, I just wanted to see um, for myself. You see pictures, see videos, you know, people tell you about it. You go there, 
and it's just awe-inspiring. Um, it, it, it gets you a little emotional. You think about all the lives that have been laid down uh, to preserve our freedom, to secure our freedom, um, and you see them, you know, and even uh, presidents, the leaders of our nation, just, just all there. But, of course, many of you know there at that place is the tomb of the unknown soldier. And I couldn't wait to see that. That's the first place we went to. We marched up there. I wanted to get there. And the guy at the beginning, he said, hey, if you, if you hurry, you'll probably see the changing of the guard. I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. You know, it doesn't happen all the time. Uh, but we got there uh, right at the right time. I think they change every 30 minutes in the spring and summer. But um, so we got up there, and we got on the tail end of it. The person was marching out as, as uh, the, the, the new guard was taken over. And uh, so his job is to guard the tomb of the unknown soldier, this, this guard there. And, um, but he doesn't just stand there, right? He's not just standing there, staring off into the, the distance, which if that's what they wanted him to do, that he could. Uh, but as a, a symbol of both respect and diligence, uh, he is guarding that area. He is marching back and forth, staying always prepared, uh, serving with readiness. Uh, and it goes even beyond. Uh, we were inside. There's a little place that you can go in there and look and read all about it and see um, you know, different things, uh, flags, and uh, inside, just, just right next to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And so we were inside there, and we heard this yelling outside. Well, you don't yell there. I mean, it, it says everywhere, all around there, silence and respect. Silence and respect. Clear, right? Silence and respect. It should be silent there as you are being respectful uh, to what's going on and to who is, who's been uh, honored there. And so it's very simple for the respectable, respectful person. And I know people can do things, but uh, so we hear this yelling. And so we walk out there, you know, like, what is going on? And right about that time, the soldier begins to march again. And this group that was right down there at the rail looked a little embarrassed or like they were kind of talking to each other as they were walking and leaving. Well, when we were about to walk into that place, they were talking loud, a little loud and phone was making noise. And, and I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to be Christian and I'm trying to be nice. And so I just went inside and I figured, you know, they, they know what they're doing. Because I just wanted to tell them, why don't y'all silence your phones? I, I, I'm not trying to be ugly or smart elk about that. But like, this is a place of respect, you know. And, and uh, I didn't have to do that because that soldier did that. I was, like, I was like, that is awesome, you know. So, Rochelle, we, we, we get going, and we're like, I wonder if that's what happened. Because, like, all the pieces, we didn't know that for sure, but all the pieces put together seemed like that soldier was telling those people to shut it, you know. Um, and so he did. And so she Googled it, and she was like, you know, what happens? And, and so we saw the YouTube video, and, man, he just told them, this is a place to be uh, silent and respectful. Um, and it was just an amazing thing. But I say all that to say... Um, it's a tomb. There's nobody in that grave. There's nobody in that tomb. Um, no soul is there. Uh, but that, that guard has a job issued to him. And he's doing it. He's to watch. He's to guard. And it happens day and night, 365, uh, 365 days a year. It is a great example of sleepless service. He's marching. And again, they change, but they are doing the same thing. They are marching they are, they, he is watching, he's listening, and he's serving uh, in the role that he's been given. And so you and I have to understand that we have been entrusted as stewards with God's kingdom and God's mission. Not everybody gets it, not everybody sees it, not, a, not everybody's engaged in it, but you and I as the children of God are to be 
just like that in our service. Our, we are to have sleepless spiritual service with a heart of love for the Master and the Lord, and this is essential. Why do we do it? Why does that guard do it? He does it for duty, honor. He does it for love. He does it because that's what he has been called to do and commissioned to do. And you and I, as soldiers of Jesus Christ, for the kingdom of God, should be serving him with even more diligence, with even more sleepless service. We should be even more engaged with even more passion because this is an eternal purpose. One day, that tomb is going to perish. Uh, one day, all of that's going to go away. But that soldier has given him, I mean, you, you go there and you see it. They are looking right on. Uh, Rochelle found out, too, they, they've been asked, one guy was asked, what are you thinking while you're doing that? I mean, total concentration, no distraction, complete, I mean, they are marching, they are, they are there, and they're straight, and they're going through the same motions back and forth, over and over and over, and they said, we're counting. That was the, that's what they were thinking. We were counting steps, counting time, uh, and, and all that stuff, but that leads to the purposes, the motive. It, it is, I'm going to do whatever I have to do for however long I have to do it to do my job. That should be us with so much more passion. We are doing it for the eternal kingdom of God. I'm going to do what I need to do, what I've been called to do, how, whatever it takes for me to do it, whatever I've got to do to stay engaged, however I've got to stay faithful, I'm going to do it because God's called me to do it. And this is my response. This is my privilege. This is, again, you ask that soldier, you go in there and find out, they, they, they have to be a very strict, and they have to go through stringent training to be even considered to be a part of that, that guard group. Man, what a privilege it is to be a part of that group to guard the, the tomb of the unknown soldier. That compares nothing to being in the Lord's army. Nothing. This is eternal. It was purchased with his blood. We are commissioned by his eternal call. It should be something you and I get up every single day and we prepare ourselves as those guards prepare ourselves, but even more so, we should be looking forward to doing everything we can do, every way we can do it to make sure that we are where we're supposed to be doing what we're supposed to be doing for the kingdom and the glory of God every single day without excuse. The spiritual slumber is a, is a big problem. And I would say even inside, as I said a while ago, I think the two groups were those who are the Lord's, those who aren't the Lord's. But even those who are the Lord's, I think that you and I could spiritually slumber i think that we can become spiritually lazy spiritually tired and, and lay down on our job you know what happened if that if if those guards misstepped uh did something that that was uh, not within uh what they were supposed to do or they stopped doing what they were supposed to be doing you know what happened to those guards they would get reassigned they get reassigned you're not you're not going to do that anymore you know the job you know the call you know the privilege you know the honor. You, you know what it is. It's been laid out for you. You've gone through the training. You have all these things. And so there is no excuse for you not to do your job as you guard that tomb. What about us? We've been given the instructions. We've been given a call from on high. We've been given everything we need. We've got the gospel. We've got the Holy Spirit. We've got all the things we need to be sleepless in our service for the kingdom of God. But are we? And the answer, of course, is we're not perfect in that. The question is why. I think there has a great spiritual slumber maybe swept across many, and many reasons why that is. 
But regardless, it's not to be so. It's not to be present. Spiritual laziness, spiritual slumber is not to be found in the people of God, in the army of God, in the soldiers of the Lord, in the athletes on the Lord's team. There is not to be spiritual laziness, spiritual slumber. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Romans in chapter 13, he says this in verse 11, And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation, our deliverance, nearer than when we believed or when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. It doesn't say sit, it doesn't say lay, it doesn't say stand. It says walk walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he writes to the Corinthians and says this, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Again, the the Corinthian believers had a high responsibility to live as the children of God, to make sure they were walking in the righteousness that they had in Christ. Why? Because there were some people that were lost and they didn't have the knowledge of God. And they remained in that. And Paul said, I speak this to your shame. You need to awake to righteousness, be sleepless in your service for Christ. Live every day in the mission of God Almighty, the eternal kingdom. Why? Because there's those that are lost, and we shouldn't be satisfied that that's the truth. Every day should be a relentless pursuit of Jesus Christ as we are sleepless in our service for his call so that others may be one, that they don't remain in unrighteousness, they don't remain in darkness, they don't remain deceived by the God of this world. Every day we should be sleepless in our service. And to further further evidence that that our looking is to be with sleepless service, it's tireless. This constant alertness, this, this service for God every day, all day. Look at the exchange that Christ has with Peter. Verse 41, And Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou uh, uh, this parable unto us or or, or unto unto, uh, all? Are you just talking to your followers or are you talking to everybody? And look what Jesus said. The Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, uh, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion uh, of meat in due season? Look what he says. Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Doing. This is not, again, any, this is active involvement. This is sleepless service. There is, there is no time off. This is every single day serving God in his, in his kingdom for his cause. And he goes on and says this, Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. That, that's an amazing blessing. Blessed is that servant whom the Lord shall find so doing at his coming. Look, that's going to be blessed. This is the truth, he says. I'm going to make that, those people ruler over all that he has. But if... But, and if that servant say in his heart, my, my Lord delayeth his coming and, and shall begin to beat the manservants and maidens and to eat and drink and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him. Remember the option? Those who are looking, those who are not looking. So the ones who are looking are the ones who are doing. The ones who are looking are the ones who are sleeplessly serving. The ones who are living their lives in anticipation of the Lord's return every single day are serving God in in that because they are anticipating his return. But there's the other option. Those who say, you know what? God's not coming back or he's not coming back anytime soon. 
just a, a disregard for what, what, what the Lord has said, and begins to beat his men servants and maidens, begin to afflict those people and persecute and kill and crucify those people, and begin to live their life in the vanity and the pursuit and the pleasures of this world. Again, we see a very stark contrast between those groups. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he's not looking for him. Of course, he's not looking for him. In an hour when he's not aware. And will cut him asunder. And will appoint him his portion, listen to this, with the unbelievers. That's why I said before that I think that's the two groups that he's talking about. It's those that are in darkness, those that aren't looking, those that, are, that aren't in tune, those that, that are um, not alert and awake and, and aware that the Lord is coming back. Those are those who are lost because he's going to cut them and give them a portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, listen, knew his Lord's will, prepared himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Knew the Lord's will, I'm sorry, prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. It's punishment. Punishment. Then on the other side, but he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. Those that were completely ignorant to the Lord's will, completely ignorant to the truth. For unto whom, whomsoever much is given, of him shall be uh, much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. We know as believers, there's no judgment, there's no sentence for sin in our future. If you're a child of God right now, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you know that you're a child of God, there is no punishment that lies ahead for us for our sin. We know that because Christ took our place, he took our punishment on the cross. So there's nothing we have to fear, there's nothing we have to worry about as far as that's concerned. But we look at this and Peter asks the question, are you talking to your followers or are you talking to everybody? Well, what, what does this mean? This is being spoken to a transition period, right? Jesus comes to the earth, and he makes, it, makes salvation available uh, very clearly through his death. But it's always been through faith. The Jews were the first believers. They had to come by faith. But you go back in the Old Testament. The Jews were always the people of God, chosen as an example for all of the world of what God wants with all mankind, with every nation. That's why the Jews were called out. That's why... He desired them to be that people. It's to show what God desired with all people. The Jews also were entrusted with God's word to the prophets. They were Jews. He spoke his word. They wrote it down. The writers of the, the New Testament, Jews, believers. All God's plan gave, it, gave, them, gave us the system through the Jews. And yet many of the Jews missed it. That's what John chapter 1 says. He came to his own and his own received him not. But it's always been by faith. It's always been by faith. So when Jesus is explaining this to those who had put their trust in him, here's Peter, here's the apostles, to those believers there it presented a very clear contrast between those who had sincere faith and therefore were ready for the Lord's return because he said he would return and they were told to be ready and so they made themselves ready. So they trusted and they obeyed him. And then those who didn't have sincere faith in them. Clear contrast. So the promise of imminent return 
and severe judgment for those unprepared, those who are his servants are to be faithful servants. Every single day of our life, faithful. Not taking a day off, not taking a week off, not taking a month off, not taking anything off. We are to be faithful servants, sleeplessly serving, constantly prepared, always ready, no exceptions, period. So when we look at our lives, we have to ask, our, ask ourselves that question. Is that what I look like? Am I living my life as though I'm looking for the Lord's return in my sleepless service, my tireless service? Some of you can answer this week. Some of you can say today to this question. When's the last time that you served God with so much effort and so much time that you were wore out, that you were, you were so tired, but you kept going. That's what he's talking about. Sleepless, tiredless service. This is, this is to be our life. This is what, these are Jesus' words. But we look at this severe judgment to come for those who aren't prepared that severe judgment that we know they're going to experience should burn a passion in our hearts to reach them, to warn them, to give the good news of Jesus Christ who took their place, who paid for their sins, he bore their judgment only if they'll accept him. Again, that should burn a passion in every single one of our, one of our lives. And this is a part of what drives our sleepless spiritual service. This is what every day we wake up, we should think, I'm probably going to encounter somebody that's lost in darkness, not prepared for the Lord's return, that's going to spend an eternity that's in weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. The Bible describes that's what's going to happen to those unbelievers. Every, every day of their life, for all of eternity, they're going to be in torment. That right there should burn a passion in every one of us who are living as though prepared for his return. That I've got to serve him, I've got to tell them before it's too late. And our sincere love for Christ, his abiding love in us, coupled with this passion, should be producing fruit abounding to the glory of God. What are you doing to reach others? What are you doing as you are awaiting the Lord's return? That's what our lives are supposed to be about. Sleepless service for him. And in this state of sleepless service, the promise is that we will be among the faithful and wise who are found so doing at his return. And what a day that's going to be. What a day that's going to be when we see his return and we are found faithful and wise in serving, not allowing the things of this world to distract us, not allowing uh, the, anything to keep us tired or even spiritually slumber, but every day relentlessly pursuing Christ, every day faithfully serving him as a soldier in his army because this day is coming this day is coming first thessalonians chapter four but i would not have you be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep who are who are dead in the lord that you saw or not even as others which have no hope for if we believe that jesus died and rose again even so them which sleep in jesus will god bring with him they're coming back with him for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Did you hear what Paul just said? Paul just said, we which are alive and remain. What was Paul looking for? 
Paul was looking for the Lord's return. How long ago was, was Paul walking this earth and writing these words? 2,000, almost 2,000. He, 2,000 years ago, was expecting the Lord to return. He wasn't saying, man, when I, when I reach that grave or when I, when I say, take my last breath, he wasn't thinking that. He was thinking, I'm living my life in sleepless service every day looking how I can serve God in his eternal kingdom because he's going to return for me. He's coming back for us. That was Paul's mindset. Again, that was the apostolic church's heart set and mindset. And so he goes on and he says this. For, we, for this we say by the uh, word of the Lord. Uh, we already read that. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. I've never seen that before, but I believe that's going to happen. There's no doubt in my mind. Everything God says in his word is true. Every promise he's promised is, is, is going to, uh, you can count on. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. My mind's going to be blown. So is yours. It's going to happen. Those, the dead in Christ are going to uh, be pulled up. New bodies. Then we, we which are alive. There he goes. Puts himself in that time. Uh, when the Lord returns, are alive and remain, shall we caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air? And so shall we ever be with the, with the Lord. Did you hear what he said again? Remember what I said in the beginning? Focused on Jesus Christ. Paul was thinking about the Lord's return and being with the Lord. He didn't say, and so I will live forever in my mansion in the sky. He didn't say that. He didn't say, so I'll be walking and skipping on those streets of gold. He didn't say that. He said, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Paul encountered Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. Life was completely changed from that point forward. His response to the change was this. What wilt thou have me to do? My life is yours. From here, for all of eternity, I'm now your servant, God. He was blind. He had to go to Damascus to, to receive his sight. And he never looked back in his sleepless service for Christ. Paul was not perfect. Very clearly we know as he would later write in Romans, that he struggled to do the things that he was supposed to do and not do the things that he wasn't supposed to do. It's a re reality. He talked about the flesh and the spirit. He talked about the battle that goes on inside of every single one of our lives. But Paul was sleepless in his service. He was anticipating the Lord's return, and he's telling these Thessalonian believers, this is the truth. This is what's going to happen. He's going to come back. Those of us who are alive, when he does, we're going to go to be with him for all of eternity. And we're going to be with our Lord forever. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort each other with these. Look, there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. Death, there has no sting. Grave has no victory. There's nothing. Sin has been defeated. We have nothing to worry about. Every single day of our life, we can joyfully, sleeplessly, Tire, tirelessly serve our Lord because he's coming back to get us and we're going to be with him for all of eternity. That should bring the comfort that nothing else in this world brings. Amen. He goes on and says, but at the times of the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. You can, you can look at the, the spring and summer, uh, winter and fall. You know, I don't I need to talk to you about all those things. You, you, you know about the feast. You know about everything that goes on in this world. I don't need to write that to you. For you know you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Jesus already said that. <clears throat> but look what he says. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them as travail. The woman and the child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness. He's talking to Christians. You're not in darkness. That that day should overtake you as a thief. 
Remember with the contrast between those who are alert and, and, and awake? They don't necessarily know when he's coming back, but they know he's coming. They're not going to be caught unaware because they're sleeplessly serving. They're every day prepared, constantly prepared. You are the children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Let us there, let, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep in the, uh, sleep in the night, they be drunken or drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake, whether we live, or whether we sleep, whether we die, whether we live or whether we die, we should live together with him. Again, pointing to being with Jesus. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. And as the musicians come, I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He says this in verse 4, so that we ourselves glory in you and the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. The Thessalonians were being persecuted and they were going through great trials, yet they stayed faithful, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, suffer, seeing it's a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. Look, God's going God's to take care of those that are persecuting you. And to you who are, are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall revealed, be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished, listen to this, with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you is believed in that day. Wherefore, we also pray always for you that, that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness in the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of the God, uh, of our God and Lord uh, Jesus Christ. Now listen to what he says. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as the, the, day, of the uh, day of Christ is at hand. It's not happened. And, and, and so don't, don't be afraid that it's imminent. Let no man deceive you by any means that that day shall not come except there be a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed and the son of perdition who, so, who, who, who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. He goes on to explain there's a process that's going to happen in this world and this process is going to happen but God is in control. There's going to be a great deception. There's going to be um, a strong delusion. And those that are lost and in darkness are going to spend an eternity in torment. Again, this day's coming. It's a glorious day for the church, but it's a judgment day for the lost. So how about you? Are you living in perpetual preparedness? It's coming. That day's coming. That day when the sky's going to break open, the trumpet's going to sound, we are going to be called up to meet, be, be with him and be with him forever. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, those who have faith in Jesus Christ, that he died and rose again, Paul said. But if you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ and you've never believed that he died and for your sins and rose again, the Bible says very clear, clearly when that day comes, 
when Jesus comes back for his people, there's going to be judgment. There's going to be punishment. And it's going to be for all of eternity. So those of us who believe have to understand there's no time to sleep. There's no time to rest. There's no day to take off from being a witness for Jesus Christ. There's not, not a, a, a day we should, we should say, you know what, I'm just not going to look to see if there's somebody I can talk to. Every day we should be serving him with sleepless service. Are we waiting? Are we watching? Are we serving in light of his return? So there's not time not to be prepared and serving. Every day we have to. Are you spiritually slumbering? Maybe are you spiritually lazy? Maybe you find yourself in your Christian walk where you realize, I think way more about myself and way more about my job. I think way more about my hobbies. I think way more about my, my stuff than I ever think about the Lord's. And if I'm, maybe you say this, if I'm gonna be honest, Brother Kyle, I don't think about the Lord's return every day like I should. I kind of get busy with my stuff in my life. and I mean, I, I wake up and then I end up falling asleep at night. And I could go probably all day without thinking about my Lord's return. I'm just saying, church, that needs to change. According to Scripture, according to what our Lord said, that has to change. So are we going to change? Are we going to do what we need to do? Are we going to repent of what we need to repent from? So that we stay perpetually prepared and sleeplessly serving. Maybe you've lost that focus. Maybe you've become unprepared. Maybe you've fallen into that place. I want to encourage you to come this morning. Change that. Let today be a changing point. A turning point where you're, you're constantly serving. And if you're here, and, and as I said a while ago, you've never given your life to Christ, that day's coming. And I want, I want to invite you to come down to the altar this morning. There's going to be a couple men standing here, and, and they're going to show, they can show you in God's Word uh, what God's, God says about being saved, how, how that day can be a glorious day for you. I, I want to ask you to come down here and let them show you there's not, nothing weird going to go on. They're simply going to show you God's Word. And then you can make a decision of whether you want to trust Jesus Christ or not. But know this, he came in the flesh and he died on the cross for your sins. Every sin you ever committed, he died for. He took your place, he paid your penalty. They put him in a grave and he rose again three days later. And it's because he did that, you can take him at his word, you can trust him for his salvation, and you can have eternal life. But you've got to accept it. And so I want to ask you to come if that's you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this reminder. Thank you for this challenge. And I pray that we would remember this every single day of our lives. Lord, there's no doubt in my mind, unfortunately, that there may be some of us that leave this room this morning and, and we go back to our lives just the way they were. Nothing changes. There's no doubt that uh, because of the state of, of the end of, uh, end of time uh, that you tell us in your word, that we're going to have more love for ourselves than our love for you. But I pray that's not the case. My desire, I know is your desire, is that every single one of us would walk out of this building today and be more mindful that you're coming soon. Be looking for 
your soon return. Lord, be living for your, your soon return. And I, I ask that you would burn that in our hearts, burn that in our minds, that even all throughout today, we're thinking about you. We can't wait to be with you. We're thinking about serving you and reaching the lost and doing what you've commissioned us to do while we have the time on this earth until you do return. I pray that our lives would change today. And I pray that if there's someone here that's lost, that they'll come today and receive this free gift of eternal life, that they don't have to worry about judgment. They don't have to worry about hell. They don't have to worry about death. They can experience life. We'll praise you for all you do in Jesus' name.